0: All right, you guys want to hear more mini We're going to give you more mini starting right now. Are you kidding me? The guy asked for something spooky. Is it a gun that sucks balls? I'm the farting demon in this relationship. <laughs> I'd be an awesome rich person. You're both just in the universe. God, I'm awesome. We're talking Tom Hanks and his vehicle. Yeah, I had my finger in my mouth waiting for you to finish. You gotta get four balls or something? Like dick piercings? <laughs> right. No, you know damn well I'm fucking that demon. is <laughs> still so sexy. How could that be close and not be right? Yeah, I'll just kill some random dude. His wishes of- hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Plotty Time Minisodes. Can you believe it? We've been away for... I don't know, wow, I should probably look that up, but this is Minnesota 59, bet you guys never thought there'd be an episode 59, well there is, Uh, to those of you that are new here, this is something I used to do, I don't know, it's probably been over a year by now, right? But I used to release Minisodes every Monday, there was 58 previous versions of this, and the idea was to give you guys more content, to give you guys something to do, sometimes I just wanted to talk about stuff that was just uh, on my mind, I thought it'd be fun to talk through but uh really it got to the i mean it started because it was the middle of the pandemic i was spending a lot of time you know at home like we all were and i had plenty of free time in front of the computer to fire off 20 some minutes of whatever i felt like talking about so i did that for a while and then it kind of got to the point where it wasn't so much fun like I enjoy doing it, I enjoy coming on here and and doing these mini-sodes, otherwise I wouldn't be doing it at all, but it got to the point where I I had less, like I talked about topics that I wanted to talk about by myself, and kind of talked through things, and it got to the point where I was like struggling to find topics to talk about, and that's kind of like why why me watching the movies came along, which I still do enjoy, and, and still would do like a movie episode or something like that if I wanted to talk about it. But it got to the point where I would have to spend real effort finding things to talk about, researching topics, putting thoughts together, and it just got to be too much work because that was in addition to all the other stuff I do for all the other episodes. So I was just like, you know what, the the the, the people, looking at the stats of how many people listen, uh, because we do see that, and we've certainly seen a lot of growth since we started this episode, or this whole series, but... When the episode the mini sodes were there, it was a it was a lot less growth. There were a lot fewer people listening to them. They had way fewer listens than just the regular episodes. So I was like, you know what? This is a lot of work for not a lot of not a lot of return here at all. So I didn't think people would really miss it. And then recently, I mean, not so much recently, Drago the Slog has been saying this for months and years now, but he's been like, Bring back bring back mini sods. And now other people are starting to chime in and say, bring back mini sods, and starting to write entries on the subreddit asking for the mini so you know what i i'm gonna try i'm gonna do my best i can't commit to a weekly mini i can't do that because i'm just gonna get right back in the rut where it was like i get mad about it and stop doing it so i am going to shoot for at least two mini sodes a month uh never more than three weeks off of mini that's kind of my goal um these this also gives me more time to to just budget my time, just time management and uh come up with topics and think about things and talk about what I wanna talk about what I think is interesting to talk about. so that's kind of what we're gonna be doing um I've also I know we've been saying this for a long time uh, about doing twitch streams, uh, but I think I'm gonna start firing off those. There's been a lot of talk of like uh, we were talking about on the subreddit briefly about me doing The Quiet Man uh, because it was on sale for like two bucks or four bucks or something like ridiculously small. So I bought it and uh, I own it. I have the digital game, The Quiet Man, which if you had listened to that episode or previous episodes, I, you know, there's a long time where we're working on this podcast. We're kind of figuring out what it was, talking through it. Some episodes are certainly, you know, it's like anything else. Some episodes are weaker than others. But if you want a good laugh, go back to that Quiet Bad episode because we ripped that game apart. And then I did a mini-sode about how I still had Quiet... That was a lot of fun, actually. So if I go around into something like that, I'll absolutely do it. But I also wanted to take a second to talk about um, the Twitch streams. And I also wanted to talk about just an industry trend that we've seen. It's been coming up a lot lately. there, And it's just the idea that video games are being released... In an unfinished state, and this is kind of becoming an industry standard. Which, yeah, yeah, it sure is. Uh just recently in the news, we've had Redfall just came out, and that one is a buggy mess. There's people online. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it's another one of those multilateral multiplayer games where you jump in with like three of your closest friends and go tear shit up. But the idea is that the problem is it's not done. Like it's very buggy. Like enemies are just, you know, spawning in T-Pose. They're freezing. They just blink out of existence. Uh, video game donkey just did a really neat video about it, and it's pretty good. And uh, Redfall was like that. There have been issues with ports to PC for the new Jedi the new Jedi game. Survivor is that what it is? I think that's what it is. That one and uh, the PC version of the Last of Us had a whole bunch of technical issues. And uh, this is this is not a thing that is new. This has been happening for quite some time. Where games. Are released in a buggy state. Uh, They're hyped up. Everyone looks at all the marketing and how cool it is and all this stuff, but no one really discusses in any of the pre-reviews that there's technical issues that need to be addressed. Because usually, when these people get reviews of games early, they're told, "Oh, hey, you know, look, we know there's some bugs. You know, that's the game's not ready yet. It's not released yet. So go play it. Uh, Don't talk about the bugs because we're just gonna we're gonna fix those by the time we release it. Obviously, we're not gonna release it like this." And then I played through all of Cyberpunk, which another mini minisode series where I went through, I don't know, three or four episodes just of what has been happening with that game from release till whenever I stopped doing it in, I don't know, 2021, 2022. I don't remember. But I talked about all the news and all the lies and all the stuff. Maybe I'll do a follow up to that. People say the game's good now. I don't know. I'm not going to play it. So if you guys want to give it a shot, sure, go for it. I'm not, whatever. But it's it was released in such a disgusting, broken state that it wasn't even, it was barely playable. Like, and that's me giving it a whole bunch of leeway. It was still barely playable. So, like I said, this has been happening for a while. Games get released in a, it seems to be that it's it's more and more games. It's not just like the one big release that kind of had a technical glitch. Uh, it wasn't like when Grand Theft Auto came out. Grand Theft Auto 5, sorry. When the uh, when that came out, they said there was going to be an online portion. And then they're like, oh, well, the game's out. The single player's out. The online's coming. And I think it was like a month into release. The online was released. And it was really hard to get into. It was really buggy. It was really messy. And now since then, it's become the number one online thing. You know, next to, I don't know, Warzone and PUBG. Not PUBG. Not PUBG. What's the one I'm thinking of? I don't remember. One of the Battle Royale games. So, you know, um, that's great. Like, there are redemption stories to be had here, but I want to talk about kind of just how this happens. Um, There are a billion ways that these things can go wrong because essentially a video game is a huge project. It's a huge, huge project. It's like a movie. It's like building a civic engineer. It's like building a bridge there's thousands of people involved from planning to pre-production to actually making the thing to release and then like post-release. So there's so many people involved in all these studios at this point. Uh, these is, we're, we're way past the days of like the NES days where a group of eight people made Super Mario Brothers or like a group of 20 made the first Silent Hill or something. I might actually be overstating those numbers, but we're, those days are over. Like these AAA games are huge, huge multi-year productions with millions of dollars in budgets behind them so how does this happen like how do we spend so much time so much money so much effort so many man hours and the game still releases broken and unfortunately this is a casualty of business that's exactly what this is now really what happens is when you have these businesses, these big publicly traded companies like EA or whomever, EA is the first game to mind, but there's a bunch of them, Activision, uh, Zenimax, Xbox, PlayStation, even these are studios. Now PlayStation, I'd argue and has it a little bit different because they've kind of been adapting their first party games to a model where they don't get released until they're done. Of course they've had issues. I'm not saying they haven't, But when you look at games that have been released in like the PS3 and PS4 era that are Sony uh, first party, they've been mostly pretty solid. Now, I can't speak to Xbox and their first party because really I haven't played many of them, and I don't want to just make up stuff. But back then, the PlayStation ones were, were pretty solid because they did things a little differently. What do I mean by that? I mean, there are companies that are... They have boards, they have shareholders, they basically have, well, basically, they have quarterly earnings calls, they have things where they talk about and presentations where they talk about the future and what's supposedly going to be released when. Uh, A lot of times this is kind of kept in secrecy uh, and we'll get, like, leaks that come from investor calls or whatever when questions are answered. That does happen, which is always fun, but the idea here really is that these are businesses and... They have to plan out basically how they're going to make money. Like video game business is you dump money in, you make the product, you pay to get it promoted, you sell the product, hoping to recoup your money back plus anything additional to it. This is the same model that Hollywood uses, right? Now, the difference though is, and and I want to talk about the differences between like the movie industry and the video game industry obviously they're very different. They have different priorities. They have a lot of but the idea that there's this huge project that thousands of people are involved in. That's the part I'm going to get to. And I'll get to that in a sec. But these companies, they basically make, you know, a calendar and they say these we're going to have, you know, an AAA release here. It's expected to make X. Um, it's definitely coming out, you know, Q1 2024, Q3 2025, whatever. That date is Told to the shareholders and not necessarily set in stone, but these companies have to have some kind of revenue coming in for that time period. So that's why you'll see games get delayed, sure, but you'll see them get delayed once and then released unfinished. Uh, so really, that's what it comes down to. It's it's planning years out in events for a game that basically has a team of like 10 people that's just getting started and they'll be like, "We expect you to have this done in two years. We expect you to have this done in three years. Whatever the ambition is, the fact of the matter is, the project always gets delayed. They always do. Forever for any other for any huge project like this, you always have your best case scenario, you have your middle scenario, and then you have your worst case scenario. And everything always hits at least the worst case scenario as far as time deliveries goes. Not not necessarily the events that could happen, but that's what's happening is." A huge company like ZeniMax, Bethesda, Xbox, well, I don't know it's Xbox because they own ZeniMax, but that's how Redfall happened. They said, we're going to have a big game, we're going to promote Heavy, we're expecting a good return, and it is going to release Q2, or whatever, or Q1 this year, and then it got pushed a couple months to Q2, whatever it was. But it needs to come out, and that's the end of it. So, developers, and uh, this is also why Crunch Culture is a, a, a problem, because It now becomes on the heads of the developers to get this product delivered in time. Not just the developers, everyone involved in the production, of course. But the devs are the ones that tie it together, and they tie all the resources together, and they make it work fluidly, and that is a difficult task. When you're seeing things, like say you only get a level element that someone redid It's a week before the game comes out. You have a billion other extremely important things you need to do, which you're already going to be working 70 hours a week for the next month. So you need to get rid of all this stuff. That one tree asset is not a priority. And then the game gets released. You forget about the stupid tree thing. And then now some YouTubers clowning on this magic tree that launches people 700 feet. And the whole game looks silly. And that's just one example of one stupid little thing that can blow up and basically add to the narrative that games are you know, released unfinished, but really they are like, that's the thing. It's really a business decision. It is saying we need to get this out. It gets rushed to come out. It's not finished. It's clearly not finished, but they're like, oh, we'll, we'll do post support. You know, we'll fix it up. We'll do, uh, blah, 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 whatever. But it, it doesn't make sense to me why it's like, oh, don't worry. We'll fix it after we'll fix it. When it comes out, we'll fix it. By then the games already have bad word of mouth and you're done with sales. Like it's it's not like a subscription-based service that you can slowly roll out features. Like it's a project, it's a it's a game. If you pulled this stuff in the movie industry, like can you imagine a movie being like, we're coming out this Christmas? It's gonna be huge. It's gonna be amazing. And then, you know, it's two weeks before Christmas, there's already a product push and or a marketing push has already started, and then they're like. Um. Yeah, so we're going to release on Christmas. But none of the effects are done for the back half of the movie. And this is like a Marvel movie. So this is like a really big deal, like a big effects-heavy thing. So you're going to see some people in Greece. We're going to fix it. Like, by the time it comes out on video, it's going to be fucking solid, right? You're not going to that movie. Like, you'll just be like, well, then I'll wait for video. Like, I'm not going to... You'll get your diehards that go see it, but everyone else is going to be like, well, if it's not fucking... What am I doing here? And... I think that is a problem with the video game industry as well, is that it gets into the hands of the fans. They're like, you didn't care. You didn't make any effort. This is a full 100% greed move, and we're done with this. And then the community, you know, barely comes back. And I think games like Cyberpunk, and the reason they had a resurgence of players was because people were really excited for this for a long time. Uh, They didn't buy the game. It came out, it was a fucking mess. And they said, you know what? I'm I'm still interested. I'm still invested. I want to check this out, but I'm not gonna buy it until it gets to a workable state. And then once it did, people were like, okay, fine, I'll try it. And I, I don't think that's a solid business model. Like it doesn't make sense to me why you would gain like you would bank on the fact you're gonna fix it later. When in reality, it's probably going to be sooner than later a point where it's just cheaper to abandon it and stop working on it and dedicate those people to something else to get over the finish line. And it just seems silly. It seems like you have these games that people really care to make a good effort on, to do on a good pro, like a do a good job on. And it's just a time thing or a staffing thing. And it's the people up top or like promising the world and hearing from middle management, like, Oh yeah, we could do that. We could do that. Yeah, no problem. And then it being like, well, we hit one roadblock, and it's not a perfect rollout. And now everything's busted, and now nothing is going to work. So, what can we do about it? I mean, all we can really do is not buy the game on release day. But I, I, it feels wrong giving people that advice. I know it's correct, and I know um, that we want we buy these games on release day because we're excited because. We want them to be good because we previously, we liked the previous version and we can't wait to play this one. And all the videos that came out made it look so sick and I want it. I want it now. I want to play it the second it comes out and I'm allowed to play it. And I get that. And that's why it feels wrong for me to say, don't buy it. But really that's all we can do is, is just not pre-order, not buy day one, or at least wait for reviewers to come out. Hopefully, if the reviewers are out before the game releases, you'll get an idea. But there are games that don't send out review copies, and it'll be a month before the reviewers come out and say, oh, God, by the way, don't buy this. And by then, it's too late. The mar- initial sale has happened. Uh, the goodwill with the company's damaged, but they have shown time and time again they're just going to keep doing it, and people are going to keep buying it. Uh, I don't think it works to really just sit here and scold people and act like i know what's going on and i know everything and and you you out there you shouldn't be buying these games you need to show the restraint the only language they're going to understand is money which to a point is true um they're not going to change their practices until they become unprofitable and then the whole i the, the hope is that not every business is going to realize this at the same spot otherwise we'll just see the death of all AAA games right like then they'll just be like this isn't worth it um, the business model we've been using that we refuse to adapt isn't working, so we're just gonna stop, which is absolutely a business thing. When it comes to business, there, if there's a chance between predictable and still good money versus unpredictable and possibly amazing money, they're taking the predictable money every single time, every single time. That's what people do to gain wealth. It's predictability. It's understanding how much things are going to be worth. It is taking the guaranteed money, even if it's less than the possibility of more, unless it's a risk that you're willing to survive without. Really, that's what it comes down to. So they're always going to take the predictable model. They're they're not going to change anything. They're not going to go unpredictable. They're not going to basically plan to make a game in three years, but budget it for four. That's not how business works. They want to spend as little money as possible to get the product out there so they can keep the rest. That's business. That's how it works. And yeah, we're not going to stop it until we stop buying the games. Hopefully the whole business doesn't implode on itself. Um what can we do in the meantime? I mean, you can still I'm not going to tell you not to pre-order a game if you're excited about it, but if you're on the fence about a game, or if you kind of just forget a game like as I get older now there's just such a big backlog there's so many games there's so many things going on I just can't keep up with it and I used to like mark down video games on a calendar and stare at the calendar and wait for them to come out in like the next nine months now I'm like oh shit the Dead Space remake came out oh yeah that's right that was gonna come out cool and so so it's like as other things become priorities like you forget about release dates and getting hyped like this but I'll tell you, as soon as another Fallout game gets announced, I'll probably still be hyped for it. Probably, I mean, I might play it. I don't know. I just want it to be single player again. Just release New Vegas. Just do something like that. So, yeah. Um, I also wanted to uh, tie this back to the, the movie industry. And I always think it's interesting because the movie industry works in a very similar way You have a project. The project has a budget. You're supposed to not go over the budget. If you do, the studio will be like, "Well, how far over is it? Is this going to put us across the finish line?" Whatever. So maybe they'll pay for it. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll say, "Well, I know you need 10 million. I can give you eight. That's it. Make it work." Uh, So it's it's different though. It's the way. I see it is that in the movie industry um you you have a production studio like say Paramount whatever you've Paramount they have they they then outsource everything out to people that they know or or have worked with for projects like if you're making a movie you want to use you need a costume designer all right so usually usually for movies or something you pick the director the people involved with writing or acting like the big names And then a director, you get that together, you have a script and then the project does a go from there, the production studio, you know, you have the director, they talk to the director, they, they talk about who the director wants to work with. They get all these people on board. Basically it's like starting a company from scratch. Like, you know who you want at the top, but you need to fill every department now. Uh, The idea though, is that instead of like hiring an HR manager, and then going out there and hiring each person, you're hiring an HR department. So that would be like a costume designer. So you hire a costume house, and they do everything with the costumes. You hire a special effects house, and they show you, you know, they're on set helping you shoot the stuff on the day so that the visual effects will happen later. You hire a caterer. You hire a trucking company to get your stuff. You hire set builders. It's That's why the movies are so expensive, because they're outsourcing everything. Now, some... Studios have like, uh, uh, you know, warehouses of sets. They've got warehouses of clothes. They've got stuff on hand that they can certainly use to save money because it's already built. But in reality, like, I you're recruiting every single version, every single branch of the company. You're you've come together as a company to do this this one project, and then that's it. And then everyone goes their separate ways, looking for the next job. That's why. With movies, you have the project, you're contracted to do the project, that's why there's usually a lot less, a lot fewer films getting delayed. Yes, of course it happens. Thing like, sometimes they'll go to test studios and and people won't like the movie and they'll change things and do reshoots and push the movie, and it happens, it absolutely does happen, but it's not like video games where the movie will then get released or in some kind of shoddy finished state, because when it does, we all dunk on it, that's what morbius was it was finished technically but it was through several writers reshoots it was just bad it, it didn't work out i i could do a whole episode on morbius maybe i'll do that sometime who knows but the point is with the video game and like we i've now broadly show, told you how the movie industry works with video games it's as if paramount started opening up Uh, departments in their company that did costumes, that did set design, that did electrical work, that did trucking. They're no longer outsourcing everything. These people are all now employees of Paramount. So the problem, though, becomes you're paying that entire company for the entire time they're employed at that studio. So there might be times when, you know, you have your QA testers that don't have a game to play yet but you still have them on staff. Maybe they're doing a previous game. Maybe they're outsourcing. Maybe you've outsourced them to a QA department. It's just, you need to have everyone on your staff that's going to act towards this finished project. And that's, I could see how it would be so much more expensive to make a game than a movie versus, you know, a movie than a game. But movies do cost a whole lot of money too. I don't know. It's just it seems like whatever model they're using for AAA games is currently not working. Now, there's ways to fix it, like pushing dates, budgeting properly, you know, having some kind of safety net in there, uh, working with the same people that you trust to finish projects, that sort of thing. Uh, There's ways to make it better as far as timelines and money go, but I think that as time goes on, as it gets easier for people to go from not knowing anything to coding something um, with the help of whether it's AI tools or whatever, I think like machine learning AI, I think that's what's going to make this cleaner, faster. Uh, but we're still years away from that. We're probably like 10 years away from that by now. But it, I think it'll also be a thing. And this, could, this is kind of my theory on the future of gaming, and I could do a whole other minisode on that. Maybe I will. But my thought process is that eventually the production, there's going to be so many things about the video game production that are using automation that are going to make tasks that used to take five weeks, one week. And I think that's going to help clean up the game and find problems faster. But we're a long time away from that. Maybe I'll I'll clear up those thoughts for another uh, another mini-sode down the road. But I think that's it. I think that's all I'm going to talk about for our first mini-sode back Uh, if you have any ideas of possible things you want to hear me talk about, or if you hear something on an episode and you want to hear more about it, please hit us up. Uh, the email is plottytime at gmail.com. You can head to our plottytime subreddit. A lot of, lot of cool conversations going on there and you can go to plottytime.com, which will kick you over to the eBay storefront where you can buy stuff. Uh, so yeah, get in touch with us. Let us know. Oh, socials at plottytime, wherever we exist. And uh, let us know what topics you want to hear. Let us know if you like the mini-sodes. Let us know if you hate the mini-sodes. Let us know if you want to see a picture of Chump Slap with a shirt off. You know, whatever. Whatever you guys want to hear, let us know. But other than that, I'm going to call it a day. I'll talk to you guys hopefully in a couple weeks. So, peace.